Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, episode 31 here. We are on location today, as you can likely tell from the difference in quality of the microphones. Yep, yep. Uh, we are at the Milwaukee location of Breakside. This is Patrick's stomping ground. So if you ever want to come down here and uh, say hi to the co-host of the podcast, then come on in most days of the week. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell he's Patrick because he has the platinum blonde hair. Yep. yep. And he's wearing a bandana. Yep. Yep. That's how we do things now. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I mean, you guys know that listen to this podcast. I try, you know, I'm very fortunate to work for Breakside Brewery. I try really hard not to just kind of be a honk of the brand. Um, I, you know, it, it just happens to be the place I work. I'm not trying to push on anything. And we wanted to do a, a Zwickle Mania podcast and Zwickle for us. You know, we'll get into a lot more of the specifics later. But for me personally, uh, it's kind of an all hands on deck day. So, you know, my whole staff was here. I had to be here. So if we wanted to do something on this, that's that's why we're down here. Yeah, got and, here. And, and there's a really cool event happening right now, too. Well, we'll get to that in a second. I mean, we came, I came down here. My wife is here with me as well. We wanted to come down because you were, we knew we were, you were going to get off work at around 4 o'clock when the event ended. And it just made sense. You guys are one of the breweries participating, so it made yep. sense. Uh, so, yeah, that's the episode today is Wickle Mania. I've got a lot of questions about it. And I'll tell you right now, up until today, or up until last week when we planned this, I didn't really know much about this event. So I'm curious about how that could change potentially to get more people interested. But uh, social media, you can find us. Uh, I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick is at pdiddy085 on Instagram. And uh, we post the podcast all over the place. We post it on radio.com, uh, iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, 1080thefan.com, and Stitcher. All will have the podcast for you wherever you find it. Subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff helps us. We appreciate it. And feel free to reach out as many times as you want on social media with stuff that you're drinking or stuff that you thought about the episodes, any sort of critiques, anything like that, all appreciated. Uh, I don't really have much of a week in beer this week. I know we usually start the podcast with that. Nothing crazy for me, just kind of a normal week. I have, I talked about it last week. I got the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale in the fridge right now, almost done with that. Got a uh, Breakside Pills in the fridge and a Vortex from... Fort George, still kind of working on those. Nothing else really crazy has happened since then, so pretty simple for me. Yeah, I had uh, had dinner at Wayfinder last night. Um, They had, you know, I had a Hellas Lager. They have have like an English bitter on right now that I thought was really, really great. I don't love bitters. I do. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm such a staunch IPA drinker that the bitter doesn't matter to me too much. I always just get this like kind of like bergamonty tea kind of flavor with the malt profile and the bitter kind of brings it almost like it's a fake English IPA at Bergamonte? some point. Bergamonte? Bergamonte. Bergamonte's a tea. I, if you saw my face, I'm like, what yeah, are you talking Mike about? Mike has no idea what tea is. Do you drink coffee? Yes. Oh, see, I don't drink coffee. I drink tea. <laughs> so I'm a big tea guy. Anyway, so I had one of those and then I had um, 
a Sun River IPA the other day at Vesa. What was it called? Escape to El Dorado or something like that. Escondido. I don't Using remember. Using El Dorado hops? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember, but it was that was really, really good as well. Did, um, uh, did Wayfinder have the Wayfinder Freem combo beer? Sold out. Oh, because we went there a couple weeks ago, and they had that, and I tried it. That was really good. Yeah, I didn't get the chance to try it. Because it's basically the hell lager just with Freem kind of sticking in there, their nose a little bit. <laughs> That's sad. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, my weekend beer was spent mostly uh, planning for this great event that we have here today. So let's dive right into it. So it's Ricklemania. Uh, we'll start generally with the event, and then we'll go a little more specific with what you're doing here with at Breakside today and then what the kind of the draw was for people to come here. But I'm going to be honest. I don't know about this event. To me, it's not something that has been marketed in the world that I see, mm -hmm. whether it's social media or whatever. I've seen, I guess, posters for it before, and I hear the word Zwickle, and I'm like, Zwickle? Yeah, what you don't even that? know what a Zwickle is. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. So what is it? What is Zwickle Mania? What are we, what are we here for today? Uh, Zwickle Mania Minus is... the dog's barking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we are a dog-friendly tap room here <laughs> in Breakside. Uh, usually there is no barking, but uh, it's probably just because we're recording a podcast is why. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Zwickle Mania has been around for, I want to say, 10, 11 years, something like that. And what it is is it's, it's an opportunity for breweries to kind of showcase what they do to the public. It's kind of pull back the curtain, you know, reveal that the Wizard of Oz is just a crazy scientist. And it kind of allows us to show people that. People tend to, people will go anywhere from brewing a special beer for it, doing a, a planned release for it. Uh, and then we give tours around the facility and it's usually from brewers themselves. And you're able to kind of, you know, hear from a brewer like what they do every day. And we usually, we do what we call um, from grain to glass. So basically when we're doing a tour here, this is how we do it. I'm sure most people do it the same way. We're kind of giving the opportunity to explain to the public where the beer starts and all the way to when it finishes. So we're walking you through the mill room or ingredients to the mill room, to the brew deck, and then on the brew deck, the mash tun, to the, whirl, to the kettle, to the whirlpool, and then to a fermentation vessel, and then to a bright tank, and then to packaging and, or barrels, and now it's in your glass. It's just an opportunity to kind of let people see the behind the scenes, to kind of ask questions and, you know, things that they've never, probably are never going to get the chance to. And Zwickle is a lot more intimate. I feel there are, you know, there are plenty of breweries. One of my favorite brewery tours in the region is Full Sail because the place is so big and they've got great people who give great tours, you know, but they're more, you know, they're more like front of house event people. Zwickle Mania is the opportunity for people to hear it from the brewer's mouth. And I think it, not to take anything away from, from those planned tours that other places do, but you instantly gain credibility. It's like, well, of course this guy knows what he's talking about. He's a brewer. So I think it's, it's kind of a fun way to let people kind of see a side they would normally not see. And that's something that's always been interesting to me. And I think as someone personally who works in radio for his regular job, when people come behind the scenes and they, and they look at the board and look at all the stuff, there's... There's like these oohs and ahs, and it's like, oh, this is so crazy. You're like a jet pilot. Like, you've got all these buttons. And I'm like, yeah, that's my job, right? And for that's what you're saying is people who get a chance to go see the back of house and go see all the tanks and go see how the, the beer is made, it is very, very special to them. Whereas right. for, for anybody who is giving the tour or who works here, they're like, yeah, I go back there every day. Duh, that's part of my job. Mm -hmm. Everyone who it, it, it makes it a more special event in Zwickle Mania for them to be able to go take all these tours. And I'm assuming most breweries have tours in, 
involved in this Wicklemania day? Yes, yes. Like, like we specifically, we don't really give tours. I mean, if I were free, I would give a tour. But most of the time, you know, our brewers are here. They're busy. They're doing stuff. So we don't really have somebody. This is a day specifically designed to open the doors to the public. Like, we didn't brew today. There are very, very few days in the calendar that we do not brew here. And today we didn't because we, you know, made sure the place was spotless, clean, make it look aesthetically pleasing and have a chance for people to see. Because when we start brewing, it's a safety hazard to have people, you know. So people aren't going to actually get the chance that much to do that. So everybody plans this day to give a tour if you're able to give a tour. Do you have any personal memories with this event specifically when you, I mean, whenever, like whether you were working here at Breakside already or pre-brewery days for you, did you take part in Zwicklemania? Did you, when it happened every year, go out and do all these tours and drink a ton of beer and get wasted? <laughs> I don't think I've ever done, I don't think I've ever done a, a Zwicklemania. Like I've done a brewery tour a couple times, but <clears throat> I'm kind of one of those guys that's like, once you see a brewery, you've kind of seen them all it's just more tanks and more space or less tanks and less space i think the brewery tours now that i've done a couple too through the podcast it depends on the person giving the tour right totally i mean yeah there's tanks there's tanks mm-hmm. and there's hoses and there's water on the ground and you know there's stuff going on it's all the same but how how the tour giver gives the tour mm-hmm. is what makes it really interesting uh that's interesting though so i'm going to go into that then next is to me Zwicklemania is not something that i've heard of really before Mm-hmm. And you said it's been, what, 10, 12 years of this? Something like going that, on. yeah. And you said you didn't really take part in the event either. Why is that? If it's, if it's an event that is a popular event with breweries, what is it that's stopping it from reaching everybody and only keeping it in a, I'm assuming, a smaller kind of pocket of people who know about what's going on? You know, I don't know if I really know that answer. I think, I mean, everything can always be marketed better, you know, especially in today's world with the internet and all that stuff. But I'm trying to rack my brain about how this thing started. And the only thing I can think of, it was probably a bunch of people decided to put on an event who aren't actually brewers. And they were like, hey, let's do this day. And you guys give tours to people. And brewers were like, uh, uh, uh what? Uh, what? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And then they started doing it. And so it's like, oh, I, I guess this is what we do now. Uh, so I don't, I don't really know. I think... I think, like I said, if anything, everything could have more marketing, more publicity. Um, trying to find, trying to find ways, because I think everyone in the beer industry knows about this. But the thing is, is this is built for people not in the beer industry. Right. So this could, this should do a better job about reaching out to the lovers of craft beer, but don't know anything about craft beer. You know, the people we're trying to talk to in this podcast and, and relate to. That this this sort of event is made for them. And we should be doing a better job on trying to get this event more to them. Because we all put a ton of work into it. Right. I just, I wonder what that would be then. What would be the way to get more people involved in coming out to this event, or at least hearing about the event in the first place? I mean, for me, I'm going to transport myself pre-podcast to where I was most basic craft beer drinker that you could be, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I liked certain beers. I was willing to experiment, but I wasn't necessarily going crazy. I think, to me, some of it would probably be social media stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I back then, I didn't necessarily follow breweries. Yeah. Maybe in that sense, maybe it's TV advertisements. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's radio advertisements or something where something that a regular person is watching or listening to on a daily basis, and you hear this event, maybe it's a specific brewery 
doesn't matter what it is. Or I know that there's a, what is it, the Oregon Brewers Guild or Association that kind of. They kind of put this on. That, that does all of this. They could do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and just do a better job of just promote, 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 because that'll help all of the breweries involved in this and getting more people in the door. And it becomes kind of a calendar day. It's yeah. a day like, oh, right, this local mania is coming up the weekend after Valentine's Day. Honey, we're going to go do Valentine's Day great on Thursday night, but we'll, we'll kick back to me. Let's do Zwickle Mania <laughs> on Saturday. Let's go get a lot of beer. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know the answer to that, mostly because since I've been in the beer industry, it's just like, hey, mid-February, there's a blacked-out PTO day. You can't <laughs> take that day off. Uh, it's all hands on deck. I don't, I don't know. I, they do do some things that um, help make this more accessible. I know that there's like a – a planned shuttle that goes to, you know, four or five specific breweries. Um, so, you know, to prevent drunk driving and things like that. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm not part of the Brewers Guild. I don't uh, really know people that are. Um, it just seems like a missed opportunity. Right? Agreed. Agreed 100%. I think, yeah, this is built for anyone that wants to learn. And you can't tell me this town, everyone in this town knows everything no. yeah no even though and we're I, a beer loving town and i think specifically because we're in portland more people want to learn right it is a there is a large population of people who would love to go do brewery tours and try all these crazy releases all day mm-hmm. but do they even know it's happening right and and i'll be honest this is me personally this is not speaking for breakside by any means but me personally what i would rather see i would rather not have Zwicklemania, and i would rather have a tour program created for your specific brewery because a day like today takes so much work and time and effort to put into for five hours and you know we're we're in the tap room right now and this it's it's busy in here and it would be busy no matter what day of the week it is um just because that's kind of how this location works so an event like that needs to be worth it and if it's not worth it i don't know why we're doing it me personally, I would rather just go to a tap room on a Saturday, right. and if there's a tour, there's a tour on you know at noon, one and two on Sundays. So you're saying you would rather it just be part of most breweries that they hey I, we can give tours a couple yep. times a day. Yep. Or on on weekends, you know, right. sort of thing. Yeah, I would rather that than have. Like some if you go on Saturday around lunchtime and you walk up and you say hey I'd love to you know get a table or whatever. Oh, do you want to take a tour too? That's kind of the question that could be asked. Yeah, I think that would be great. I think that would work, too. Um, I mean, that would kind of kill the event, right. <laughs> the whole basis of today's podcast. But Well, I mean, we don't do this event to make money. We're giving out free beer, free tours. Again, we're not brewing today, right? But so it's, that's a loss of money. I mean, but I think the idea of it is that it's a promotion for all the breweries. Correct. It's a promotion for the industry. Yes. And any brewery that that person goes to, maybe they haven't been there before. Right. Maybe they discover something new. Maybe they are then a future purchaser of that brewery's beer and then it is just promotion right and then it then you get a new customer and then it's more money in the pockets of the breweries sure um so all right specifically you guys breakside mm-hmm. what are you guys doing today that is special for zwickle mania we today we released um the most ambitious barrel age program we have ever done um it is whoop, the whoop. the oligarch series of 2019 oligarch is a is a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout um, and what we did is we took part of the part of the batch was aged in bourbon barrels. The other part of the batch was aged in maple bourbon barrels. And what we did is we were able to produce the main beer, the main 
barrel-aged imperial stout, and then we made seven other variants where we added a bunch of stuff, whether it would be cinnamon or toasted cornflakes, toasted, toasted Wheaties, hazelnuts, sea salt, uh, candy cap mushrooms, all this kind of stuff. Like, we just really went outside the box to try to make something really huge. And then on top of that, we also released, you know, one of our, one of, one of our diehards most sought-after beer is Safeward, and that's the triple IPA. And everybody, February has become this triple IPA month, and, you know, that's, that's our stab at it, and, and here we are. And so what I had to do is I ended up putting all eight on draft, which is a lot oh, of yeah. beer, which is a <laughs> lot of beer. And with 24 taps down here, um, I usually only keep about four max of barrel-aged beer, so I had to shuffle the tap list around pretty good. I got a bunch of beer that uh, needs to be poured instead of these ones but for this event uh, we thought it'd be fun um as the only location that has this many taps like i can put eight oligarchs on and not ruin my tap list and not just destroy it well yeah i'm looking up at the tap board right now you've got basically all the cores Mm -hmm. you've got six small batches and then obviously all the oligarchs are up there too I mean, you couldn't have said anything better for me about what you guys were doing today. Yeah, and so I just I just worked really hard to try to make eight, sure. Eight <laughs> bourbon barrel-aged stouts, eight variants. You get, you've given me three samples so yeah. far. I've, I've tried the PB and oligarch, which is basically a peanut butter and jelly. Raspberries and almonds, yep. You've given me the champurado, which is a kind of a Mexican stout, but also is made with cornflakes in it. Yeah, toasted cornflakes. And then you gave me the uh, Piedmontes, which is a uh, vanilla hazelnut sea salt one. Which you said reminds you of a Toblerone bar. Yeah, which is probably my favorite candy bar. I think for me, the favorite of these three is the Champurado. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Uh, I feel so fancy saying that. <laughs> Honestly, there's something about the cornflakes in it that I feel like it elevates it. It really pops, huh? Can more people use cereal in beers? I don't see why not. Is that going to work better? I don't see why not. And then cocoa. there's Cocoa Breakfast as well. That's got uh, uh, Wheaties, toasted Wheaties. Uh, then there's maple oligarch, which is just, just kind of the base oligarch, um, but in maple bur- maple bourbon barrels. Uh, and then let's see, candy caps got candy cap mushrooms in it. Um, Bocanoto, which one's the Bocanoto? It that is one has like a, a cookie. chocolate, vanilla, cinnamon, lemon zest, and almond. Madeline yeah. cookie. Yeah, like a cookie kind of. So it's just fun. It's it's fun to kind of mess around with these adjuncts. And I know we're gonna have Zach on in a minute, and he he's got some. He'll, I'm sure he'll have some thoughts based on that. I want to ask him about kind of specifically choosing all these variants because mm-hmm. bourbon barrel aged stout is such a it's such a heavy alcohol rich like hard right. to drink beer for a lot of people but like most bourbon barrel aged stouts although they're different there's a similar kind of train when you have them right and they make that many different variants i think that's i mean it's it's brave but it's also great it's just crazy you yeah can it's really really go wild with all the kind of things you can make it's a project unlike any other that we have done and it's 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 pretty exciting it's a really cool thing and then we packaged all of them except for the pb and oligarch so you guys will see in the stores if you come down to breakside you'll have the chance to be able to pick those up is this is the oligarch something that breakside does every year no but we've we've done it a couple times but uh but not in this many variants no 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 we've never done anything like this i think the last time oligarch came out zach might know might be around the time we started, so maybe 2017 was the last time Oligarch came out. Is this, I mean, this is what you guys did, but from your knowledge of this event, is does each brewery do kind of like a very special or different release that's tied to it? And 
it's one of those like you have to come to Zwickelmania to get that beer or, or be in at that brewery within the week or so before it goes away and that's it. I, th- I think people try to do something around that, you know, because it, it's one thing to just entice people to come in for a tour and, you know, some free samples, but it's also nice to give them something new and different. I mean, that's how I would approach it. So, I mean, I wasn't told to put all eight of these on draft. That was your decision. That was kind of my decision, chatting with Head Brewmaster and our uh, distribution head. It was kind of like, hey, can we do this? Can we make this happen? I think this would be really fun. And so we did it, and we're going to have them on tap all day today and all day tomorrow too. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this, that's not. That doesn't mean tomorrow for you. Oh yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> this is the weekend prior to this. Yes, podcast yes. This is out. Saturday. I mean Saturday and Sunday. So uh, if you can time travel, they're on Saturday <laughs> and Sunday. And if next year or two years from now they have Oligarch again, the Saturday and Sunday will yeah. probably have all eight on tap, and there you, you can go. come down to the Milwaukee location to try it. So totally. There's our Zwickel Mania episode. I, I, I guess in, in recap, in in conclusion, I feel like I'm writing an essay. In conclusion, I think this event needs to be marketed better or differently i should say because this is something that i am all about Mm -hmm. but i didn't know it existed yeah yeah so market it better or differently and make it reach more people's ears whether that's tv or radio or newspaper ads or internet internet anything like that um social media make it a bit more a bit more available to people right but as an event it's pretty cool. Brewery tours are cool if it's something you haven't done before. Right. If you get a chance to do that, it's just kind of an interesting thing to see behind the scenes. And you get to try some cool, unique beer that the brewery is excited to release because they know people are coming out. Yeah, totally. I'm in. All right, coming up next here on Beers and Us, don't forget Beer of the Week still coming up later in the podcast. But we do have a guest today, Zach Grossfeld, the one of the brewers here at Breakside, is going to sit in with us here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Interview portion time of Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. We are down at the Milwaukee location of Breakside, and Zach Grossfeld is one of the brewers here, and he's sitting in with us. Thanks so much for coming by. Yeah, thank you guys for talking to me. Uh, we've had Zwickelmania all day. What, uh, how many times you work Zwickelmania? Uh, yeah, this is my third time working Zwickelmania. Um, it's, it's been a day. Yeah, it's my third time working Zwickle. I think you and I have done Zwickle all three times. Yeah, we started right about the same time. Yeah, yeah. When that you say it's time. been a day, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zwickle Mania is always a whole process to get the brewery nice and clean and take people through uh, to show them the whole operation here. It's uh, Yeah, it's a big day. It's something we look forward to, I think, every year. What would you say you've taken from your previous years? Like, What are you learning each year to make the next year even more successful? Yeah, I think I'm trying to, you know, the first year I started working here, as most people starting a new job, you're really excited about it. You want to, you know, show your experience and tell everyone everything about it. And I think as the years have gone on, uh, try to kind of focus that in and make it as informative of an experience as possible. So are you one of the guys giving the tours too? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I've always been curious about this, and we'll get to more specific Zwickelmania stuff in a second, but when you're giving the tour, how technical are you? How <laughs> layman's terms are you? Do you try to feel out the group and see, like, hey, what are you interested in? Do you walk past things that are super technical? Yeah. Um, I think you touched on it at the last part. Is you kind of feel out the group. Uh, my inclination is always to go as technical as possible. Uh, that's kind of the stuff that really excites me at this point. <laughs> that scares uh, the normal person, though. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can just see that look on their eyes as it just glazes over. And 
You're like, uh oh. You're like, oh no, this is I'm being a jerk right now. You probably um, step back here. Yeah, but kind of finding that middle ground and finding what they're interested in, I think, is a really kind of fun opportunity, especially someone who is back of the house, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I think I think one thing that's really fun about this event <clears throat> is people really love it coming from your mouth because they just have this blind assumption because you are a brewer that it's like, oh. Whatever this guy's saying, I'm just going to hang on to every every thread I can. Like, I gave a tour, and I always feel really bad for them. I'm like, oh, you guys always want a brewer, and I'm not a brewer. But, hey, we'll have a good time. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like it's a good middle ground, too, because I don't usually get to talk to the people drinking mm-hmm. the beer. And, you know, seeing uh, the oligarch that we released, for example, today, like, when I started, that was one of the first beers that I put in barrels. And getting to see people excited about it and here for the release for example, is just a really cool experience. Well, that to me is the beer that I was super excited about when Patrick told me this is what, what you guys were doing today. I Because I love stouts. I love dark beers. Oh, bourbon yeah. barrel-aged, everything is great. He was like, we're going to have like eight different varieties of this Oligarch series. And I was like, <gasps> I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. So from the brewer perspective, I was looking at the tap list earlier and kind of reading all the details. Every, every single one, I've tried three of them so far. All three are wildly different yet they're all the same base. How, yeah. how is it that you can make those beers so, so different despite being bourbon barrel-aged stouts at their core? Yeah, and I think that's kind of been our uh, focus on you know beers like this, especially when there's a lot of beers um, on the market that I think can either take a different approach or there's a lot of different like barrel-aged stouts that you know can, if they have a variation, it's a really kind of heavy focus on a different ingredient. And I think what we wanted to do was showcase the base beer um, and then have flavors tie into that base beer but not overpower it and we found a lot of different ways to do that with the different varieties and i mean hell you put cornflakes in one of the beers I oh mean, my gosh yeah. wheaties <laughs> did some crazy stuff mushrooms yeah the mushrooms. not my, the fun kind of mushrooms my wife's excited about that one <laughs> not the fun kind of not one. the fun kind <laughs> ones yeah walking into the brewery that day it just smelled like mapley like I don't know, like a funk, and I was like, what are we doing today? And <laughs> turns out it was candy cap mushrooms. Oh, oh, what we're doing today is probably the biggest barrel project we've ever attempted <laughs> in our entire lives. Yeah. Uh, uh, sliding back into Zwickle, I'm curious, I'm curious what you think the kind of growth is for this. Like, what could the future potentially hold for this? The reason I ask is because I think it's really cool that, you know, we walk them through, people, you show them around, you teach them about the process, you know, you fit... We're lucky here we finish in the barrel room, which is always kind of like the perfect sexy way to finish the tour. But I wonder, is there, is it possible to actually show people what you're doing? Or do you <laughs> think it'd be an absolute nightmare? Yeah. Obviously, there's the safety aspect. Yeah. There's obviously that concern. But, I mean, is it feasibly possible to actually show them what you're doing? You know, I think Zwickelmania is kind of a happy medium because, you know, when I tell people at my job, is like, oh, I'm a brewer and... You know, they're like, oh, that must be so cool. And you're like, I'm cleaning most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) A glorified janitor in a lot of ways. But I think the parts that I get really excited about, the parts that I really like the creativity of, we're really able to kind of highlight on a day like Zwickle Mania. Um, You know, pulling a sample from the Zwickle is like an exciting moment. And, you know, tasting a beer throughout the fermentation process. So I think Zwickle Mania is kind of finding that happy medium um, and getting to show people the parts of the job that keep me here. They're things that I get really excited about and kind of satisfy that creative process. Well, and we talked about this a little bit earlier in the podcast, but for me, Zwickle Mania is event, an event that I haven't actually gone to before. I've heard about it. I've seen posters for it, but I've never gone to it before. 
how big do you think this event is for you guys as a brewery? Obviously, Breakside's doing very well, so you don't need as much marketing and pub as some other places might. Might, but is it a is it an event that gets people into your brewery that normally wouldn't come, or is it just a, an event, basically like an appreciation event for your regulars who come in and get to try the Oligarch, for example, this year? Yeah, and I think it's been. I mean, Patrick can uh, testify to this, but I think it's been different every year. Like this year feels more intimate, and mm -hmm. I've gotten to meet more people, and I think. Whether that be you know new people in and be a larger group, just creating that connection and like I think it's really fun to share what I do every day because I'm excited about it. So I guess it's whatever the customer that comes in that's looking for it, but it's just to kind of create that connection that you know before I was in the industry, like I really kind of latched onto and found that you know this is what I wanted to do and found that in days like Social Mania. Does being in Milwaukee have an effect versus being? in Portland proper or in downtown or in any other brewery pods in terms of the amount of people who come into at least this specific location for Zwickle Mania? Yeah, I definitely think so. I heard the pubs were banging. Yeah, I heard it was much more like 15, 20 people a tour, mm -hmm. kind of working through a small space. But I like to think the people that come out here really, really like us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, think, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong in my memory, I, I think the first one we did we were still on the, the bus route. Yeah. There's like a shuttle that goes from brewery to brewery, and that was absolute chaos. I could imagine. Like, I was working <laughs> behind the bar just like slang and pints left and right, cleaning dishes, just drowning basically. And then I imagine that, the bus people are also drunk. Yes, yes. <laughs> so there's that aspect that's kind of tough to deal with. Last year was a nice medium because we, we, we were decently busy. We had probably 200-plus people come through the doors. But we weren't able to give the kind of, I don't know, quality and time that we were able to give tours today. Yeah. I think everyone that came in here left, no matter who gave the tour, left having a very good time. That even though we had low numbers this year for this, for this you know, event, I think everybody got really hands-on, close, intimate uh, information. Absolutely. And, and that was cool. I saw regulars that come in here like four days a week. I was like, why are you taking a tour? They were like... We haven't been back here in a while. It sounded fun. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, I mean, myself, you know, we'll get things wrapped down here, and I'll go visit my, like, brewery friends. I'll kind of hang mm -hmm. out in the southeast area and see how their days went. And I think, yeah, us being a little bit more removed is a little bit of a, you know, less people are going to come out here. But, like you said, yeah, it's been a very, like, intimate experience. Yeah, if you, if you are really interested in, like, the nitty-gritty, of production brewing. I can't think of a better place maybe outside of Widmer than to yeah. come than here yeah. just because I mean we are a production brewery down here. You know, if you go if you go to Slabtown, it's you know, the brewery's there. It's gorgeous there. Absolutely. But it that it's almost like a playground for us there to where <laughs> this is our bread and butter. I mean, we did if we did 28,000 barrels last year, we probably did 26 and a half of them here. Yeah. Like th this is the heart. Right. If you go to Slabtown, you can see the bright taste. Mm -hmm. It's small. It's mm -hmm. a little, it's a little, compared to here, I mean, we're just looking at the beginning of it from where we're standing at the moment. And I've been back there once before. You, it's gigantic. It is a huge, huge production facility. So if you're going to do anything in Zwickelmania, I would come to here just to get the full experience, too, for Breakside. And we'll sample you through all the beer. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll be friendly. What beer did you choose? Uh, which one did I choose? Uh, oh, I chose uh, Rusalka, ah, which is nice. a dark Czech lager. Beer that we've been very big fans of. Absolutely. I chose I chose Toro Red. 
Um, I love that pair. I, I think I chose Toro Red probably for the same reason you chose Rosalka. They're both approachable. It's a, when it's you a say term. you chose? Oh, oh, uh, be yeah, before we gave a tour, uh, it, was, it was dealer's choice to pick a beer to pour a sample for everyone in your gotcha, tour. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you, you chose Rosalka the same way. It's approachable. It's extremely delicious. That's what I brought to my Super Bowl party. Yes, it's, it's not too heavy. That, yeah, makes people smile. And then I chose Toro Red because, you know, I feel a lot of times at these things like Zwickelmania, this is for, like, the Mike Lynch's of the world. This is for the novices, the, the people that love beer but don't really know a whole lot about it. And so I chose Red because Reds are a style that basically kind of everyone loves. And we talked about Reds last week in our podcast and I like our red because it, with the chilies, it adds that smoky character. Oh, it's so a perfect it's, food, yeah. So it's different than any other red you're ever going to have. And so that's kind of why I chose it. Oh, that's cool. But even that, you know, even that we're able to kind of like think about what's the best way to give these people an awesome experience. Absolutely. Like Andy chose lunch break because, you know, we're almost out of it. Oh, the swan song. The swan song. We should make a beer called Swan Song. Just lunch break again? Just lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, do you know what went into the decision-making process between making Oligarch the release beer for this event this year? Because that's, I mean, as much as I love it, I know regular people with bourbon barrel-aged stouts, they're like, this is really tasty, but I can only have so much. Yeah. Why is that the release beer you guys chose this year? You know, I would say it was partially a logistics I kind of timing thing of the beers ready um, like I said this beer was one of the first barrel aged beers that we made and you know those beers are ready when they're ready and it's also the first time in my memory um, since I've worked here since we've worked here that I've seen us do variations like this um, and kind of in the style that a lot of breweries are adopting where you know they have these kind of bigger releases things that people can get excited for and I think this is the first time we've approached it this way and it's something that a lot of people can get excited about is there anything that, it's not necessarily a you guys question, but is there anything in the future for Zwickelmania that you think would make it bigger or better or just more approachable for more people? Yeah, that's a good question. I think some kind of like maybe event where all the brewers come together like at the end of the day um, mm. would really kind of help. Like foster. a debrief almost? Yeah. Or like after party? A beer festival or something because we're all done by like four. It'd be really cool if, you know, it's something to support the brewers in the community, and it's if you had kind of like a central thing at the end of the day, that'd be really fun. Right, so there'd be like a bus or, or a shuttle that came to all the stops, and then at the end you went to Waterfront Park, for example. Yeah. And then everyone was there, and you had the releases, and you could go to places you didn't get to go to. That'd be pretty cool. Absolutely. And for the people working it, too, getting to see their friends. and Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a big process of a day, so, it, yeah, like you said, a debriefing. Today's my day off. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell because you're in Breakside clothes at Breakside today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was really excited that I got to give a tour because it justified why I've been here since 9.30 this morning. <laughs> well, I'm just lucky. I got great staff, and, you know, they were able to handle it all, and I just kind of stood around and BSed with some people and drank beers. Yeah, and, you know, we snapped at each other. It was a good day. <laughs> Uh-oh, wait, what? Well, that's just what we do down here. Like this, 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 I was in his space and had to get out of it. Yeah, well, sometimes you just kind of... Lay that law down. <laughs> I feel like no, I should I was like just, back away slowly. No, I just I just didn't want <laughs> you to be. Dad hash it I out. just didn't want you to be drinking like tiny homes meets oligarch, because I hadn't pulled through the lines. You know, I was curious. It was a hybrid waiting to happen. So then you taste and you're like, this beer's kind of gross. And it's like, well, you didn't have the real beer. 
Mommy and Daddy are fighting. Stop. <laughs> you guys did this already. Uh, Zach Rusfeld, one of the brewers here. Thank you so much for sitting in, in with us. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, Thanks, buddy. Appreciate talking to you guys. All right, coming up next, it is Beer of the Week. Thanks so much to Zach for sitting in with us. And uh, I'm very excited about the Beer of the Week. It's going to be fun. And it's not the oligarchs. I know it's not the oligarch. I mean, I've already had a couple oligarchs already. But it is a beer that we've been hinting at for a couple of weeks now. And you guys have one on tap today. And that is going to be our Beer of the Week. That is next here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And that's what we need right now. I mean, I'll, I got the DD with me, baby. Oh, I'm in good shape. I mean, I've been here all day, but <laughs> I'm in pretty good shape. Uh, so our Beer of the Week is not one of the Oligarch series like Patrick teased before. I have tried six of the eight. Basically, I've tried all the variants versus the two basics, uh, which is the Oligarch by itself, and then the Maple Oligarch, which is the one in the Maple Bourbon Barrels. But we chose a different beer for Beer of the Week because this is a beer style We've been talking about it a couple of times on the podcast. It's a beer style that gets you really drunk when you have it. It's a triple IPA. And this is the Safe Word Triple IPA, which, by the way, is probably the best name I've ever heard for a triple IPA. It's such a great – well, there's there's a bunch of, bunch of famous triple IPAs out there. I would say when I think of triple IPAs, I think of – well, I love Safe Word, and I work for Breakside, so that's a big part of it. But then there's also uh, Pliny the Younger. Yep. The legendary beer from the Russian River Kids. Um, and then the other one that I always think about, which they actually kind of make year-round, is Notorious from Boneyard. Okay. And I think that's a pretty great name, too. That's good. Notorious. But I'm sorry. I mean, Pliny the Younger is good because Pliny is like such a, right. it's a brand upon itself mm-hmm, almost. Mm-hmm. I think people know the name Pliny more than they know the name Russian River Brewing. True. But this... This name is amazing. It's such a great safe one. Safe word? Safe Come word. on. We one time, one you time. You need a safe word to drink this beer. So there's another double IPA we make at Slabtown called Precious Snowflake. And it's a double IPA. Is that a uh, an homage to the current trend <laughs> totally, in politics? Totally, totally, totally. <laughs> I think we made the first batch like last year or a year and a half ago, something like that. Pretty early on in the Slabtown days. So Precious Snowflake was a great to name a double IPA. We um, one time we kind of meshed the recipes of Safe Word and Precious Snowflake together to kind of create a new, different double IPA, and we called that Safe Flake, okay. which I thought was pretty kind of pretty good as well. Yeah. But, yeah, Safe Word's a really fun name. And th- there's just so much that goes into naming beers. You know, sometimes it's easy you know, to we, just... we should do an episode about that. Yeah, that would be fun. Like you know? the, your favorite b- beer names and why you like it and what mm-hmm. goes into naming it and stuff. Yeah, and there, there's, you know, sometimes it's like, like we have a Goza on tap. And an export logger. And they're just called Goza and Export Logger. Sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. But Natalie, one of our R and D brewers, she created this beer that your wife is drinking right now. It is a dark Czech lager called Rosalka. And you know, Natalie is very famous for this and it's something I just absolutely love about her creativity and her mind is that she's able to find really cool, almost like folklore names. She has a Baltic porter coming up called Zarina, like mm. a czar right. sort of thing. And she named it Rosalka, and I was like, what the hell does that mean? And she's like, well, Rosalkins are these people in Czech lore that some did by choice and some it was not by choice. They were drowned in this lake, and they sank to the bottom and became like sirens almost. Like okay. they, would, they would yell, they would, you know, cry out. 
and people would hear it and go get them and, and they then die. And yeah, yeah, and they would go to try to chase the sound, and they would go out and they would die as well, becoming Rasalkins. So for a dark Czech logger. Well, you know what my first thought was when you said that? I was like, well, that's dark. And I went, oh. Uh, yeah, so there's just a lot of fun going in. And I think Safe Word is a great one because it's like, you know, help, I need an adult. I've had too many triple IPAs. What is my Safe yeah. Word? <laughs> uh, safe Word's my Safe Word? Whoa. Whoa. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Got it in. Yes. Um, so I've taken my first sip of this beer. A, the nose. Hop, 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 hop. You the, smell the, the hops instantly off the nose. The, descript the tasting notes on this beer are hops, hops, hops. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yep. I could be a brewer. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess I could be a, a tasting note writer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it is hops off the nose 100%. You take the sip. I mean, it's like a double IPA on steroids, I guess, if for lack of a better term. Obviously, you would expect that with a triple IPA, but it, it doesn't give you that alcohol taste because we've talked about that a couple of times where mm -hmm. sometimes if you have a really strong beer – you kind of get that alcohol taste in the back where you're like, oh, that's – I understand why this is 10% or whatever it is. I don't get that on this one. What I get is the hops on the nose, the hop flavor really kind of pows right in the beginning. Yeah. And then it's actually surprisingly smooth into the back end for me. It's not that bitter. It's just hops. It tastes like hops to me. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's one cool thing. It, triple IPAs are, are difficult. Um, they're difficult to make, you know, kind of – I think it's really easy to fall into, you know, we talked about this when we were talking Imperial Double IPAs, is like, I don't really care for Imperial Double IPAs because you usually taste booze, you get an overly sweet characteristic from them to where I'm more of like a hop purist, hence why like I don't really care for hazies. I like that just initial hop flavor, I don't necessarily want booze. What I really love about this beer is sure, you can taste the booze, I mean it's at 10, 10%, so of course you're going to taste the booze, but it's not like an overpowering flavor of booze i mean to be fair i only taste it at like the deep back end of mm -hmm. my sip there's it's a, so this is the smoothest triple ipa i've ever had there there's there's just a, a hint of sweetness but nothing again overpowering kind of taking away it's really showcasing the hops and you know we feel like we always say this when a new batch of beer comes out that we have that we don't do all the time you know we're like this is the best safe food we've ever made the hops in it are mosaic simcoe strata and wakatu uh, Strata is the Australian one, mm -hmm. right? Or New Zealand? Uh, I think it's New Zealand, yeah. Um, Strata will be the 2019 hop of the year, without a doubt. We're where, already seeing it. Everybody's that, using it. Where is that one I don't from? know much about Strata. I believe it comes from the Willamette Valley. Now, it could be 100% wrong. I want to preface that. I believe that's where it comes from. But uh, it is just a hop that people have started kind of – I still don't know my flavor notes on it yet, my tasting notes on the hop yet, but I've had a lot of beers that this hop has – melt like gelled with whether it's mosaic or a simcoe or a citra and they just work really really well they complement each other fantastically interestingly enough i i'm googling strata hops at the moment the mm -hmm. second article that pops up is from crosby hop farm ah which you guys wear the hats from all the time yes our and good friends says, at crosby strata has elements of new wave hops with citrus and tropical aromas paired with a hint of cannabis like character for complexity it's an awesome flavor um I don't know where. It doesn't say where it's from. Well, Crosby's in the Willamette Valley. Right. Okay. So I guess that's the answer for you right mm -hmm. there. It is a Willamette Valley hop. Although I saw something that said it was basically like a New Zealand hop, but grown locally here for us. Oh, maybe that's why I'm digging it so much. Because you I'm love a big, the New Zealand hops. I'm a big hops. fan of the Down Under. This is a good beer, man. It's If you're looking for a high ABV, hoppy IPA, and you want to go a little over the top with it, but you don't want to be 
buried in sweet alcoholy taste, which right. is sometimes what happens with those like you were describing. This is the one to get because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I only get the alcohol at the very end. It's basically, it feels like I'm drinking a regular IPA just for lack of a better descriptor, it's kind of like a fresh hop beer. I taste the hop really, really mm. obviously. The in character's the coming through really nicely. Yes. And there's not much bitterness for me as someone who, although I like West Coast IPA, still struggles with the bitterness sometimes. This, for me, is not hitting me in a way that I don't like. So this is a really solid triple IPA right here. So you're saying we done well. Yes. You done good. I'm saying you done good. You done good. Is this one, uh, is this doing well? Is it flying off the shelves? What's going on? Today's the day one. Oh. Today's release. There you go. Yeah, that we kind of paired it with the oligarch for Zwickle. Just, again, just because why not? You How know, long is this going to be out then? Just for the month? or Basically, we only did a 30-barrel batch. And um, from from our standpoint, what we do with it is we sell, we serve most of it in-house only. So at the three pubs. This will be on tap at all three pubs until it's gone. And then what we do, because this is a very expensive beer to make, the amount of hops that go into this is very expensive. We don't make a ton of it. Like I said, 30 barrels. And then if you see this out and around town, we give this, we sell this to what we call our key accounts. So basically people that that sell and pour a lot of breakside beer, um, we kind of say, thank you. We really appreciate that. You have allocation for Safe Word should you like it. It's been a really popular and successful beer. And I think in this in this town where, where hops are king still, I mean, they still are. You know, we got the lager movement going, which is really exciting. Everyone's pumped. We've seen sours bump up in popularity over the last couple of years. But hazies, I mean, to be fair. Hazies, yep. But let's not forget the bread and butter of the Northwest is, you know, showing off our hops. And thanks to the Crosby kids for making Strata because we love you. <laughs> so you guys are going to see this out there pretty soon. Uh, Safe Word IPA. I mean, by the time you hear this podcast, you probably have already seen it somewhere if you are a regular at various bars. It's really fresh, too. It's about establishments. It's about three days old. Came out of the tank about three days ago, either Wednesday or Thursday, um, as we record this podcast on Saturday. So, like any hoppy beer, I think it tastes really great right now. I'm excited to see it in about 15 days, just to kind of see how the hops have really grown and start to shine in it. And it could be better, it could be worse, who knows. But I'm always excited about the evolution and the progress of hoppy beers. So that's our beer of the week. It is the Safe Word Triple IPA here at the Breaks at Milwaukee location. Uh, again, this was the Zwickle Mandy episode. Appreciate you guys listening so much. We've got a lot of stuff still to come the next coming weeks. We teased it last week. Next week is going to be the Oregon Beer Awards episode. Uh, Patrick, We're going on Tuesday. Patrick has invited me to go on Tuesday. It's going to be an S show. <laughs> I am super excited to go and uh, a little bit nervous about how drunk I might get. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that'll be coming up next week. We've got the Lewitt episode up in Vancouver coming up, and we've also got the Beer and Sports episode coming up and i like the beer name episode i do like that idea too yeah that could be a lot of fun so that'll be coming up in the near future as well but next week oregon beer awards we'll talk about the winners we'll talk about hell what i experienced for the first time and people we met and all that kind of stuff it'll be a fun episode it'll be interesting especially for me as someone who's never i have no idea what to expect yeah it should be a really good time no idea what to expect. Uh, this, this is the this is the third time i've gone you know not to dive too much into it it's the third time i've gone the first time i went i got ridiculously hammered the second time I went, I was on my best behavior. Uh, so this time, who knows what we'll do. Run into a lot of friends, see a lot of people. And you get to meet a lot of people, too, yep. which is pretty cool. Yep. So that's next week. Thanks so much for listening again. Social media, at MikeLynch27. That's me on Twitter. Patrick's at PDD085 on Instagram. Uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, 1080thefan.com, radio.com, Stitcher, where you can find the podcast. Subscribe wherever you find it. Give us a rating. 
uh, if you'd like, and let us know on social media what you think about the podcast. And we'll see you next week for a probably, even though it'll be two days later, a very hungover yeah. Oregon Beer Awards. I, I, usually, I usually kick the OBA hangover about four or five days before next year's OBA. Great. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> we'll see you next week, guys. Deuces. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 